0: This is the Barbecue Central Show podcast being generated from a live recording of the Barbecue Central Show, which airs at thebbqcentralshow.com every Tuesday between 9 p.m. and 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Show being brought to you by the Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic pit temperature control devices. Visit them at thebbqguru.com or call them 800 288 GURU. And by Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply, sauces, rubs, grills, smokers, everything for the outdoor chef. Visit them online at tastylicksbbq.com or call them 800 677 2882. And by Butcher Barbecue, manufacturers of premium injections, rubs, and sauces. Visit them online and take full advantage at ButcherBBQ.com. And by Stephen DeFranco Jeweler, official jeweler of the Barbecue Central Show. Visit them at stephendefranco.com or call 440-943-2700 and use keyword barbecue brother to receive all the discounts. And by Green Mountain Grills, one of the country's premier pellet grill manufacturers, 3 different sizes to choose from, something to fit in every budget and find out more by visiting greenmountaingrills.com. And by Cook Shack, the country's premier manufacturer of electronic and pellet-driven cookers, servicing the residential, commercial, and competition markets. Visit CookShack.com for more information. And by El Diablo Mustard. A few years ago, they wanted to turn ordinary mustard into the hottest shit on earth and dared to take spicy mustard further. They took fiery peppers, flaming spices to create flavors so powerful, so intense that even the devil couldn't resist. Find them at ElDiabloMustard.com and enjoy the bold flavors, great taste, and man, it's hot as hell and by CookinPellets.com. Have a pellet fire cooker? Why not try some of the best pellets out there on the market today? Guaranteed to run in any cooker, and it's not voiding any warranties. You can purchase yours today at CookinPellets.com.
1: Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea.
0: All right, good evening, and welcome to the really big Barbecue Central Show. Yeah, uh, This is the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. We broadcast live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, rapidly becoming known as the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evening. If you want to jump in on the show tonight, more than happy to have you, 216-220-0966. You can also email the show, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Those are your uh, two bits of contact information should you see fit to join in this evening love to have you everything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website the bbq central show.com and here is what's happening in case you uh, didn't get the newsletter you're not on any type of social media whatsoever shame on you by the way but coming up in about 13 minutes second tuesday of every month brings the creator of the most trafficked and heavily trafficked website on the face of the earth when it comes to barbecue and grilling, Meathead Goldwyn, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be talking about uh, Arby's sandwiches. We're going to be talking about the uh, thermodynamics of cooking. I mean, who knows? I mean, if it's one thing you know about Meathead when he shows up here on this show, anything goes. He's... Eager to answer questions, I mean, you name it, he is ready to rock and roll. Meathead will take up the uh, first and second portion of the interview segments in the first hour. That means he kills the first hour, and we roll into the second hour, ten fourteen. A pit master of seismic and gargantuan proportion, Harry Sue of Slappy O'Detti. Uh, we're going to be talking about something that uh, I guess one wouldn't typically associate with Harry Sue. That is uh, judging. Yeah, that's right. We're going to go a little crazy tonight. And instead of talking about the exploits of Pitmaster Harry Sue, we're going to be talking about the exploits of Judge Harry Sue and uh, why he decided to kind of turn the tables on himself, if you will. And very interested to kind of get his perspective, you know, having been on the other side of that tent for so long and doing very well at it. Uh, what it's like to be in the judge's tent around those kind of people and what the dynamics of that is all about. So that's Harry Sue with 1014. And then when we close the show tonight, he is a longtime show sponsor, a guy who appears here fairly regularly. We call him the smoking guitar player. You call him Fred Bernardo. We all call him the owner of Tasty Lake's Barbecue Supply. Fred Bernardo joining us to wrap it up. So it's just like any other Tuesday at 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Jam-packed, full of fun and frivolity information, you name it. And you can take part in it. You can lay out and enjoy the show for the information and entertainment that it's providing. You do what you want. 216 220 Greg at the couple links to pass off in case you want to jump in tonight. Outdoorcookingchannel.com, which is where you can find this video feed each and every Tuesday between 9 and 11. You can also get it via audio on your smart devices or your computer or whatever connects to the internet. If you have some type of an app program on your phone, uh, search for TuneIn Radio, T-U-N-E-I-N, tuneinradio.com. You can also go ahead and search. Oh, this chat room is not working for me tonight, but that's all right. We'll get it up and running later. Um, you can uh, search for any uh, tune-in radio. You can also, if you have uh, IPTV, you can uh, search that outdoor cooking channel on whatever respective app store that is on that Internet Protocol television. And you are off and running to download the outdoor cooking channel app at that point, And then... You can stream the show live right there on your worldwide internets. So, yeah, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. You test out and take out and try the show. Consume it however you like. Don't forget, you can always subscribe to this show on the Audible side via iTunes. You never have to miss anything about the show ever again. Never. And uh, it's, it's you know, what can I say? It's fun. Never miss Never miss any part of the show. Never settle for less. Feverishly, I'm trying to get my email back up here so I can get back on board. All right, I think we're all set now. We'll see if that chat room stays up. You know, we talked about show karma last week. And is it a fake? And is it real? And how can you tell? I was trying to recount stories of what I know to be true. Yeah, I forgot about this guy. We don't want to lose this one. And I mentioned the pitmaster of GQ. Uh, you know, he was on the show a couple weeks ago, and then he turned around uh, two weeks ago and won Grand Champion. Well, how about this? Just to add a little more meat to my argument that uh, the show karma is far-reaching and never does not work, never does it not work, Jason Ganahl of GQ, the aforementioned, goes out this past weekend grabs another grand championship. That's two in a row for those that are counting. Now you tell me. You tell me the show karma is Also, I want to uh, thank Stephen Reichlin, who will be on this show next week, for a uh, copy of Man-Made Meals. You will uh, recollect that the last time we were on, we talked about this book. It is, I think, in the neighborhood of 600... Pages or so? Yeah. uh, With index, 630 pages, 631 pages. Uh, Recipes, stories, pretty much right on board with how he explained it to us. And uh, there's a learn, there's a master, there's a discover, there's a a bunch of different things. The only thing I don't like, and and there's no way you know me, I have not read even 300 pages of this. It's chock full of information, great pictures. Why the soft cover? I mean, I know books aren't, I guess, notoriously hardcover anymore, and that's a way to save money, and people are buying more electronic versions of books, blah blah blah. But with that kind of a book, I you know I don't know if you wanna if you're a publisher, maybe I'm sure it wasn't even Steven's choice, so I'm sure he would opt for hard uh, hardcover, I guess. But I mean, why wouldn't you want hard uh, hardcover? Easier to store, easier to keep on the shelf. I mean, that thing just bends right up. Kind of, that's chapy to me. I mean, I appreciate the free book to no end, but if I'm critiquing how it comes and how it's going to sit over the next number of years, it's going to get ripped. Bottom line, it's going to get ripped, especially if I use it. So, finally... Local people putting on rib burnoffs have become hip to the fact that a local barbecue and grilling celebrity is amongst their mitts. and for the very first time, yours truly, along with show sponsor Stephen DeFranco of Stephen DeFranco Jewelers, a barbecue junkie himself, self-admittedly, will be premier judges for the Downtown Willoughby Rib Cookoff this coming
1: weekend. Oh, bring out the ribs!
0: Now, am I going to sit here and tell you that I have a palate that is beyond reproach when it comes to the elements of competitive barbecue? No. Absolutely not. I'm not going to say that. We're going to say that somebody reached out to me, and what I heard was, hey, do you want to stop by for an hour and have some free effing ribs? And I said, yes. That's what happened. And I said, hey, do you need an extra judge who's a barbecue guy just like me? Steven DeFranco's right up the road. I'll give him a holler. And sure enough, we were signed to duty. So we will be uh, downtown right around that uh, 1 p.m. area, I think. Eastern Standard Time, or as we like to do it in the aviation, 1,300. And we'll be judging, I believe, 13 downtown restaurant rib turn-ins, plus the guy who is orchestrating the event. Michael Stefan could be Stefan. We'll go with Stefan just for fun. and we'll be partaking and ultimately determining who has the best ribs in downtown Willoughby, Ohio for 2014. That person gets to run or that restaurant gets to run with that title until we do it all again next year, and hopefully I get to do it again. Alright, right, folks, let me talk to you quickly about the newest sponsor of the show, El Diablo Mustard. That's right. El Diablo was born a few years ago when its creator wanted to turn ordinary mustard into the hottest on earth. That's right. They pushed the boundaries with adding fiery habanero, roasted chipotle, flaming jalapeno, and spicy mango into mustard. So powerful, so hot, and so intense that even the devil couldn't resist el diablo and so it was born el diablo features six bold flavors that taste great and are hot as hell how about mango a bit of island heat meets sweet with real mango puree and a slow tingling heat roasted chipotle adds a kick of the southwest with a peppery mustard and smoky chipotle puree for a nice slow heat how about steakhouse adds hearty flavor with a zing of worcestershire and tangy tomato for blazing layers of flavor Texas Chili makes any hot dog an instant chili dog with hints of garlic, cumin, and paprika. Jalapeno mustard pops with real jalapeno puree and a mustard zing. Try it on some hot bacon. And habanero itself, a flavor inferno for you daring types that want all heat all day long. So get grilled and add some heat to your meat. Connect with El Diablo's Facebook for recipe tips and giveaways bold flavors great taste hot as hell we had a communion party this past weekend and I dropped El Diablo's jalapeno mustard on the table for those that were so daring along with uh, some really crunchy sourdough pretzels and I said hey do yourself a favor don't just take that pretzel all by itself naked and drink it with your beer pour a little bit out into my little ramekin. I said, dip that pretzel in that jalapeno mustard for a heat and flavor explosion in your mouth. Needless to say, rave reviews had by all the tribe Everybody's like, oh, well, here's all these other flavors. I was like, get away from my flavors. I'm trying them first, then I'll put them out for public consumption. You just mind your P's and Q's. Uh, visit ldiablomustard.com that's ldiablomustard.com again bold flavors great taste hot as hell new sponsor of the show and we're so happy to have them El Diablo Mustard. that's ldiablomustard.com we are back with Meathead right after this stick around we'll be right back 2200966 zero, zero, six. should you feel the mustard can we say mustard should you feel the must well or like el diablo mustard should you feel the mustard to call in i'm more than happy to have you of course and uh, of course we also know that when people hear this little ditty it is all about ribs ribs to ease your day we race to over to the hotline to line to and welcome back a friend to of the win show, Meathead Goldwyn, yeah. joining us. Meathead, how are you? I'm great,
2: great.
3: How's the Cleveland Cavalier of barbecue?
0: Today? Doing absolutely fabulous. Uh, unlike Mike Brown, I still have a job here at Barbecue Central. <laughs> Meathead, let me ask you something. I have never understood the, which is why I'm not in it, I guess. I have never understood the business of sport. And I'm going to bore people here just for a second. But imagine this. Let's say that you were one time, maybe three or four years ago, or maybe less, the head basketball coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers. And you had one LeBron James under your wing and things fell apart. He decided to take his talents to South Beach. You were summarily fired. And then like three years later, you were brought back as head coach this year. You underachieved. The team sucked. Typical Cleveland sports. And then you're fired again. However, who wins the battle here? Is it Mike Brown who will now collect $12 million over the next three years for not working?
3: Get that big stuff out of here.
0: When can I get signed up to that contract, Meathead? You're fired. Thank you. Now show me my $12 million and I'm out of here.
3: You're hired.
0: Man, it's crazy, right? I don't understand sports business. It's, cr- it's absolutely mind-boggling the money that's just thrown around. So what's your deal tonight, Meathead?
3: I'm uh, in my lab coat because we're talking thermodynamics.
0: Thermodynamics. Ooh. (laughs) I work for a company called Aerodynamics. Is that the same thing? Did you really? Do you now?
3: Is that where you work? Do you have a job? Yeah, I have a job. Excellent. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm glad to hear that.
0: I've only worked there for like, you know, eight months.
3: Oh, okay. Well, you know, I lost track
0: all right glad you glad you're glad we're keeping up on the uh, changing times here me <laughs> all right meathead so um a couple things before we talk to th- the thermodynamics of cooking subject uh, one is the arby's smokehouse brisket sandwich um smoked for over 13 hours so it's perfectly tender as the fiery radio commercial says And I know that, A, you've had one recently, and perhaps you've even talked to top men over at Arby's. And uh, I guess, first and foremost, what's your take on the sandwich itself?
3: Well, it's really interesting what they're up to. They're really trying to promote this, and they're going out after the foodies and, I guess, the barbecue crowd. Because I got a sales pitch from their PR people a few weeks ago practically begging me to go taste it and it wasn't even on the market yet yeah. and then after it came out they hit me again well, have you tasted it have you tasted it and, you know, i don't eat fast food i don't go to restaurant i haven't been to arby's in years although actually i remember that they had a pretty good um uh sandwich uh and uh I, you know i all right all right but they were pitching bloggers with gift certificates worth 350 bucks. What? If that yeah, yeah, if you would go out and taste it and write about brisket. They want you to write about brisket, how to cook. They were going to send you a brisk kit, a kit for making uh-huh. brisket. I hope it's not a kit for doing a brisket, which never mind. Uh, some people know what that is. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, uh, I thought you and, weren't uh, a Jew. <laughs> it's a uh, yeah. You need a moil for that. Yeah, right. And and, uh, so I would predict you're going to see a lot of articles from food bloggers about brisket. I I turned down the 350 um, uh, and uh, I decided I wouldn't write a lot about brisket because if you Google brisket recipe, everybody in the chat room now, Google brisket recipe, I think my website comes up number one. So I really didn't feel like I had to write more about it. Um, But my curiosity was piqued and I was out running around and I stopped in and I gotta admit I was pleasantly surprised. Now this is not competition brisket by any means um, and a a good hard-working focused home cook can do better but it was very pleasant and I have had worse at restaurants that had big bbq in neon lights hanging over the door. So I you know I was kind of curious about it and I kind of chatted up the manager and uh, uh, learned as much as I could about it. And I reached out to the PR people. They sell it for five thirty-nine dollars a sandwich or $7.39 you get a drink and a side. And it's um, uh, sort of a yellow split-top bun, uh, a little splash of sweet barbecue sauce underneath, a pile of fried onion rings right below that, three ounces of brisket, uh, then a slice of smoked gouda, And uh, way too much mayonnaise on the bottom. And it all comes in a nice little neat box. Well, it turns out, uh, doing my homework and my digging and my research, that uh, the stuff is made by a pretty reputable operation called Sadler's Smokehouse in Henderson, Texas. Um, It's it's a good story. They started out. Oh, yeah. You got a picture of it somewhere. Yeah, right there. Um, No, that's that's not the one I sent you. Oh, oh,
0: (laughs) did you send me one?
3: I, you didn't get the pictures oh, I sent you?
0: Hold on. Yeah, I got
3: it. I sent you images for tonight's yep, yep, show.
0: Yep, 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 yep. But
3: I sent them late, you know, as I always do. As always. As always. There it is. Uh, with you, Actually, the, the onion rings were pretty darn good. <laughs> onion strings were pretty good. Um, and um, uh, Saddler's is a good story. They started out in 1948 as a little barbecue shack selling uh, barbecue. And in 1961, they went all wholesale. They now have a 300,000-square-foot processing plant. Um, and you can find their meats uh, all all over in Walmart. There's 9,000 stores that carry their meats. And that's who's doing it for them. It arrives as a fully cooked brisket. Um, I actually got to see one. It was about eight pounds. Um, nice dark mahogany color. And you can see from this picture, this is, I lifted the lid on the sandwich. And there's your nice deep smoke ring. And it doesn't look to be enhanced. It looks like a real smoke ring. That's hard to tell. But there was a good smoke flavor to it. Um, and they cut it with the grain, not cross the grain. I talked to somebody at Arby's and they say they're supposed to be cutting cross the grain. But they're cutting it really thin, almost paper thin. Um, so it's not at all tough. And it, it, it's, it's as I said, it's a respectable brisket. And uh, if you're hungry for barbecue out there and you're traveling around uh, uh, and uh, you're just dying for a good brisket sandwich, you, you can do worse. Um, a little bacony on the edge, nice kind of crunchy. What they do is is they ship the brisket in this cryovac, and then every morning they slice up what they think they're going to need, and then they put the gouda cheese on top. I, when the order comes in, the gouda cheese goes on top, and it goes in the microwave.
0: Oh, beautiful. And,
3: well, I mean, microwave is a good way to heat food and keep moisture. You know, I mean, you're going to put it in the oven or on the grill, and you're going to drive moisture off. This is all precooked. It's a good way to reheat food. Um, And and so they hit it with the microwave, and then it goes on the bun with all the toppings. And um, uh, if you're a hardcore purist, you're not going to get what you want. Uh, But um, uh, let's put it this way. In the fast food battle between Arby's and McRib... And White Castle Pulled Pork Slider, this one wins by a mile.
0: Now, I'm going to dazzle you with my knowledge about this particular sandwich. Because oh. you mentioned an ingredient that invariably zero brisket sandwiches would typically have on it, especially if you go down into the uh, you know, brisket country of Texas.
3: I guess you're going to say mayonnaise. That's
0: right. Do you know why it's on there? Um, I'm going to tell you why.
3: Tell me why. I don't
0: want to make you even look foolish. I'll just tell you why. Uh, Please. Because, and think of it this way, Uh, mayo on the bottom, then the meat is on the top, right?
3: The mayo is on the bottom, then the cheese, then the meat.
0: Right. So the brisket, or mayo, I guess inherently, uh, is uh, lending itself to take on flavor profiles or flavor qualities or whatever is on top of it. So it's taking in the flavor of the brisket and, and the meaty, uh-huh. the beefy flavor, so you bite into it. The mayo flavor is technically removed at this point, and now it's coating the top of your mouth and your tongue. They're not they can get away with using less brisket by putting the mayo on and coating your mouth with this rich beefy flavor, kind of uh, giving you more of a a beef mouthfeel to it, if you will, or at least a beef a beef flavor. How about that?
3: That's an interesting theory. Isn't that I, genius? Mayo, of course, is primarily oil and egg. Right. And both of those are just really good flavor carriers. So, um, yeah, I'm, why, why not? Why not? Um, uh, there was a layer of cheese in between, and cheese is mostly fat, so that's not going to allow a lot of the brisket flavor through. But uh, um, what, whatever. I frankly, I went back and ordered a second one. Oh, you loved it. I ordered it set naked. I just ordered the sandwich with the bread and the meat, yeah. And I couldn't resist the onion strings. I had them on the side because I just wanted to taste the meat. And I took it apart and ate all the meat. Yeah. And I, as I say, I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, it's it's a million miles better than McRib and uh, uh, the White other Castle fast pulled, food pulled sliders. barbecue. Wow.
0: All right. Well, good enough. So if you're hankering and you're buying an Arby's, why not give it a shot? Meathead approved, so to speak. <laughs> um well, now you no, want now, to know how
3: to cook brisket. Your next guest, Harry Sue. Yeah, I, I may have the number one hit for brisket out there. I didn't check the uh, uh, the uh, board to see if they agree, but up uh, uh, oh, somebody says Food Network comes up first. That's terrible. Uh, but uh, Harry knows how to cook brisket.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Meathead Goldwyn joining me here on the show. Uh, AmazingRibs.com uh, dot com is his website. If you've never heard about it, where have you been? Um.
3: And Let's, by the way, yeah. I meant to tell you, I, I, before we got off on that, jag, I got a bunch of calls from restaurants in Willoughby, um, Ohio, uh-huh. asking for tips on how to cook ribs, and I told them to boil them. Every one of them, boil them. So no. you're in for a really good time judging this
0: I week. can't wait. Thank goodness. I, I was, you were probably wondering why there was such an influx coming from mm-hmm. the, uh, yeah, the North Coast. from Willoughby. All right, good enough. So I'll be looking for boiled ribs come Saturday at 1 o'clock as I am judging the downtown Willoughby rib burn-off. Mita, let's talk a little bit uh, thermodynamics of cooking.
3: Well, you know, as everybody who has ever bumped into my website or listened to the show knows, I'm really interested in the science of cooking and the science of barbecue. And why not? Because cooking is really a science experiment. It's physics and chemistry. And understanding what's going on when heat hits meat is really uh, going to help you improve your uh, your skills. So, I and I also work with um, a physicist, Dr. Greg Blonder, whom you guys have probably heard me mention, and he's helped teach me an awful lot. Um, and uh, th- let's start at the very beginning and talk about um, the different ways heat um, impacts food, and then we'll talk some more about the difference between heat and temperature because there's a big difference. Um, And um, let's start with, uh, you know, if if you've been around for a while, you may have heard the old expression that there are basically three ways of heating food. Actually, there's five, but it it, it circulates on the internet that conduction is uh, when your lover's body is pressed against yours. Um, Convection is when your lover blows in your ear. And uh, radiation, is when you feel the heat of your lover's body under the covers without touching. Huh. So, okay, th- those, those are really actually fairly good, simple uh, examples. To get more specific, conduction is the transfer of um, heat or energy um, by direct contact. Um, you cook a hot dog in a hot pan Um, it's cooking by by conduction. The heat from the burner is transferred to the pan. The molecules in the pan vibrate. They pass the vibes onto the wiener and uh, the surface of the meat gets hot. And then the heat from the surface of the meat gets transferred down into the center. And that's also conduction. Um, and, And also, I mean, an example that we all know real well is grill marks. When you put your meat on a grill, that metal grate conducts heat directly to the meat, and it's very intense heat. The metal has um, a lot more molecules than air, so there's more heat built up in metal than in air, and that's why the hot metal of your grill grades brands the surface of the meat, and you get that wonderful dark hatch mark surface, Um, or if you put it in a pan, you get the nice even brown surface that gives you all that great Maillard effect flavors. So, that's conduction. Um, convection. Um, that's when a fluid surrounds the food and warms the meat. Now, air is a fluid. Water is a fluid. Um, uh, Isn't oil. air a gas? Go ahead. Uh, gas <laughs> is a fluid. Um, no, no, so, no,
0: no, no, no. Isn't air a gas? It's, uh, it's oxygen right, and Right, but, hyd- but it's also
3: fluid. It, 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 fluid dynamics, aerodynamics is the, the, the it, it, it gases are fluids. Gases are fluids. So um, um, conduction, yeah, mm -hmm. conduction is um, uh, when heat is transferred by a fluid such as gases or air or water Um, and uh, uh, convection, I should say, convection. Um, So if you cook your hot dog in the kitchen oven where it's surrounded by hot air, it's cooking by convection. Now, there are are ovens that are called convection ovens Uh and they have like a fan that actually circulates the air more, yep. um, and that speeds it up because the hot air is moving by, and you have more heat. In does that? Do you think it.
0: that's really uh, th- that? Does that really work? I have convection ovens in my house. that <laughs> I get taken like a sucker?
3: No, they, it does. They speed it, um, and uh, and boy, I tell you, I tell you what you do: you take a whole chicken and throw a whole chicken in your convection oven. You will get uh, skin shatteringly crisp. Oh. Just like a piece of paper. That, that's absolutely the best um, chicken skin. Uh, in fact, I got, I just bought a fan that I'm going to try to install in my gas grill and see if I can, because everybody wants crispy yes, skin. of course. That's the great that, even in competition, um, bite through skin. So I'm still trying to figure out how using circulating air might help out in that whole process. Um, And boiling a hot dog in water is also convection because it gets a flow from the heat underneath. It creates um, a convection flow and boiling in oil. But because water is more dense and has more molecules than air, it cooks faster than air. Because oil is more dense and has more molecules than um, uh, water and air, it cooks even faster still. Um, So um, uh, it it, it, um, is a... Uh, completely different than conduction. Although there's energy in contact, it's the flow of the fluid surrounding it. The, the next kind is radiation. And this is really interesting stuff, and it's easy, easily confused. Um, it's, this is actually light energy of sorts. Um, if you put your hot dog on a coat hanger and hold it uh, alongside a campfire, it's cooking by radiation. It's the light energy that cooks it um, and um, uh, the sun puts out radiation, it comes a long way, but it keeps its energy until it strikes your skin and um, and Of course, I think I sent you a picture of some charcoal there that 's a really classic example of radiation in this case, infrared radiation, really high heat um, radiation, and uh, there you go, and uh, charcoal. That's radiant heat, um, and uh, uh, that packs a wallop. Uh, and uh, um, so let's Oops. say we take a grill. Uh, we got two grills, okay? Let's say we have two grills, two gas grills, four burners each, okay? And we're going to put one gas grill. We're going to turn two burners on high and leave the other two off. Yep. And we're going to put a prime rib and a steak. On the side where the burners are off, indirect. the indirect side. Right. So the hot side where the burners were on, going to create hot air. It's going to flow around the meat on the other side, and it's going to cook by conduction. I mean by, by convection. Yes. It's hard to keep. The I grill agree. Straight. Okay. Now let's take the other grill and turn all four burners on and put the steak and the um, uh, roast on that. And we're going to adjust the heat on both grills so the air temp is 350 on each. Well, by the time the roast on the one where all four burners are on, by the time that roast is done, the bottoms of both the roast and the steak are going to be as dark as a charcoal. Sure, brick of course. Because you have radiant heat coming from below, and radiant heat's carrying a lot more energy than convection heat, which is on the other grill, flowing around with the air. They're both measuring 350. Now, there's a better way for me to explain this, and it's really kind of really will, uh, easy to understand. Turn on your oven and put a pan, uh, an empty um, frying pan in there, and another frying pan filled with water, and let it sit for about 30 minutes until everything in there is 200 degrees, right? Okay, so you put your hand in the oven And you can probably hold your hand in a 200-degree oven for maybe a minute or so. It's warm. It's uncomfortable. But you can hold it in that warm air 200 degrees for a minute or so. Now, stick it in the hot water. You got about a tenth of a second before you are blistered (laughs) and burning and you're on your way to the hospital. They're both 200 degrees. The difference is, is that water has more energy. That's more heat. They're both the same temperature, but there's more energy. Now take your other hand and lay it on top of the other frying pan, just the hot metal, and you will smell smoke. Oh, yeah. And that's because the metal pan has even more concentration of hot molecules. They're bouncing around. They're all vibrating, and they're delivering a lot more energy. So everything in there is 200, but some types of energy – uh, the, the heat uh, of, of the, uh, uh, of the um, different objects uh, is different. And, and Dr. Blonder explained it to me really well, and it, it's a good example. Um, he said, uh, think of um, the, uh, the the average wealth of Americans is maybe, what, $40,000 a year, but the cumulative wealth of Americans is trillions. Yeah. Well, the average of the... Energy in that oven is 350, but the individual energy in that hot metal pan or the water is much higher. There's more energy. There's more molecules vibrating. It's much hotter, um, and, and and that's a really in, in, interesting way to think of it. Um, um, so it, it, it's pretty it, it's pretty big difference.
0: All right, Meathead Goldwyn joining us here on the show. Uh, Meathead, take a break here just for a second. Uh, we'll come back right after this, and then we'll talk about uh, thickness. As it relates to weight, or is it more important than weight, all yeah. that good stuff? All right, stick around here for Meathead. He'll be right back with me. But let me talk to you quickly about Butcher's Barbecue. Now i got to go jump to my email here real quick. Uh, Dave Boska from Butcher Barbecue wanted me to tell you that there has a, been a, a new addition. It's out this week. It's an addition to the Bird Booster line, and it should be up on the website Um, Well, it should be up on the website now. It's Tuesday. It should have been up yesterday. Bird boosters have changed the way people are cooking barbecue chicken. The new flavor is rotisserie chicken flavor. This weekend, Dave used it and scored a perfect 180. In the same contest, two other contestants, again at the same contest, placed in the top ten. So you have three people using rotisserie chicken flavor bird booster by Butcher Barbecue. Dave scoring a 180, obviously taking it. And then you have two other people in there. So, cumulative of three people scoring within that uh, top 10 using the new Butcher Barbecue Bird Booster Rotisserie Chicken Flavor. Now, if you haven't been to Butcher Barbecue, shame on you. Easiest way to do it, butcherbbq.com. David is obviously traveling across the country to do these barbecue competitions. And I urge you, as someone who has been at a competition where he is at, Uh, Dave is very accessible, carries a lot of product with him. I'm sure he does a a decent run of sales at all the competition he shows up at because, look, competitors know this stuff works. A guy who really kind of dominates the cooking circuit over the last two, three, four years, especially on television here in the last couple, uses the products that he's making. You know, this isn't some shim-sham of a a willy-nilly where he's not really using the stuff that he makes. I mean, Dave actually uses the stuff at the competitions, and he does very well. Scoring perfect scores, taking grand champion, reserve grand champion, top 10 overall. I mean, you name it, Dave has won it. And doing very well on television shows as well. So go to ButcherBBQ.com and check out the Bird Booster line of products. A number of different flavors to choose from right now. Of course, he's well known for the beef and the pork injections as well. And man, the rubs are second to none. Really kind of a one-stop shop when it comes to barbecue. And you don't have to be loaded into the competition scene in order to take advantage of it. Proof positive, me, I take advantage of Dave's stuff all the time. Love the rubs. Love his sauce. And that sweet barbecue sauce is absolutely phenomenal. So do yourself a favor. Head on over to butcherbbq.com. Check out the new rotisserie chicken flavor of the Bird Booster line. And then look at all the other products here. You're not going to be disappointed. Butcherbbq.com. That's butcherbbq.com. Always trust your butcher. We're back with Meathead right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back.
2: A smoke. Call eight seven seven four four eight zero four three three to get on the air. Now here's your host, Greg reffy
0: All right, I forgot it last segment. This portion of the Barbecue Central show being brought to you by the Sam's Club National Barbecue Tour. Thirty-one cities, five hundred thousand dollars in cash to be won. Eternal bragging rights forever if you win the whole damn thing this year next sam's event is in a couple weeks may 24th in hendersonville tennessee it's a local qualifier feeding the south haven mississippi regional final to keep up with the tour or to register to compete because there are spots left kcbs.us slash sam's tour thanks to sam's tour for supporting the show as always and we bring our buddy meathead back up Meathead, thanks for joining me uh, well, thanks for hanging with me through the break as always all right, so, you know, one of the, the things that uh, I like to talk, especially when we get into the steak talk or the pork chop talk, is thickness. And some people like a thin, some people like thick. I've always has been a, you know, I like steak, let's say, and I started an inch and a half. Even with pork chops, I like inch and a half. I will go up to two inches. Um, I don't know... <laughs> I don't know if you run the risk at some point where, you know, too thick of a steak then turns into like a roast type deal, but that's just my opinion on it. What can you shed info wise on thickness perhaps being more important than weight?
3: Well, all right. There's a really good example of this. Um, a lot of recipes, a lot of cookbooks. Hey, I'm getting some feedback on this segment here. Uh, you, you got are? something weird going on? No. Um, a lot of recipes and cookbooks tell you to buy the roast or buy the steak and cook it three minutes per side or cook it for 20 minutes total. And you, or it, depending on the weight, they give you uh, cooking time, depending on weight. Um, what really determines doneness, as I think everybody out there knows is the temperature of the meat in the center. That's when it's a, a safe and most tender and juicy. Um, for a steak, for example, all the testing methods, then all the steak lovers will tell you, medium rare tends to be most tender, most juicy in the 130 degree range, give or take a uh, nickel, um, and that's uh, when it is just at its optimum. Um, so how do you get it there? Well, it's the thickness of the meat that determines how long it takes. Now, the temperature also determines how long it takes, but the thickness is more important than the weight. And a good example is, let's say we've got um, 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 a a roast, five-pound roast um, that is um, four inches long and three inches thick and five pounds. And now we have another five-pound roast that's six inches long and two inches thick, both five pounds. The two-inch thick one is going to be cooked faster than the three-inch thick one because, remember, the concept is the heat heats the outside of the meat, but it's the outside of the meat that cooks the inside of the meat.
0: Cooking from the outside in.
3: It's cooking from the, it's the surface of the meat that's cooking the area just below the surface and the area below the surface is cooking the area below that. It's the molecules vibrating and moving their way towards the center. The air, and that's why we've talked about this before, the old, if you're looking, you ain't cooking is not entirely true because you can lift the lid, let the hot air bleed out, but the warm surface of the meat continues to cook the interior. It cools ever so slightly, but it has a very little impact because the What meat is 75% water. It holds heat really well. Water holds heat better than air. So um, you can open and close the lid. You can peek. You can baste. You can take the temperature. And you're not going to kill the cooking time significantly. It's a little bit of a loss, but not much. Okay, so it's the thickness that really matters. Uh, Now, of course, now we've talked in the past also about reverse sear. The thicker your meat, the harder it is to keep that surface from burning – before you get the center at the color you want. And it also becomes harder to get more of this interior of the meat uniform in color. Because what you tend to get with really thick meat is a dark brown exterior, if not black, if you're not careful, then a layer of tan, then a layer of light tan, then a layer of tannish pink, then a layer of pink. And finally in the center, you've got medium rare. And what you really want is bumper to bumper, medium rare, as much as you can. And that's where I think that the secret is, is reverse sear, where you start the meat at a low temperature, gently warm it so it's even temperature throughout, and then you hit it on the hot side and sear the snot out of it at the end. Because if you do that at the beginning, you're just piling energy into the surface and that surface loads up on energy just like a capacitor, and starts building up, and it overcooks the areas down below it. So it, 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 it's it's a ba- it's a tightrope, it's a balance, and um, uh, that's why low and slow is has been working for centuries and continues to work. There are other factors at play. And now we're more into meat science because you have fat and collagen that like to melt at low temperatures. Um, and all, And that's one of the reasons why um, we, we, we like to cook at around 225 or so because it's low and slow. But one of the things that happens is, is you run into the stall. And there's another th- thermodynamic phenomenon where the moisture on the surface evaporates and it cools the surface of the meat. So the meat doesn't heat. It just stays stasis at an even steady temp for hours and beginners just go nuts when they if they have a thermometer they can't understand why is my meat not getting warmer why because the moisture is evaporating from the surface and it's cooling the surface just like sweat cools you when you're out cutting the lawn and it prevents it from heating up crank the temperature up to 325 or higher and the moisture doesn't evaporate enough to cool it the meat f- cooks faster and you avoid the stall or if you wrap it in foil you avoid the stall because you're actually getting some light steam in there but meathead people are going to sit
0: there and argue uh we didn't plan on talking about this but this is fine um People are going to, all right, well, if you turn it up or if you wrap it in foil, you're not going to have the proper breakdown of the internal collagens and all of this other stuff. And it's going to be, uh, you know, let's say you have an eight-pound pork butt, and as you start to shred it, the outside stuff shreds down, but then the middle is, uh, you know, tough or it's not cooked enough. Where does that uh, argument weigh out? Is that a valid point to make or is that not a valid point?
3: Oh, it, 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 I mean, all of those factors come into play, and it really has to do with thickness. When you wrap in foil, you are getting steam. Now, you get steam before two twelve. I mean, that's why when you lean over a pot of hot water that isn't boiling yet, your glasses fog, or and or you can actually see steam. Steam starts just around the simmer temp, which is 180, 190 in that range, and so you'll get that inside foil. You'll get some light steaming and you'll actually start steaming the meat, and that will help break down collagen and fat. So, I mean, tasters, pit masters, judges can all tell you that wrapping in foil really does help tenderize, but it also does affect the bark, the surface. And the surface is where people, a lot of people, are confused. The surface, the bark, is just jerky. It's dehydrated meat. It's meat where the moisture has evaporated and you have this tough, leathery surface. But you've also got all those spices on the surface, all those sugars and salts, and the salt will go deep down into the meat. But the sugar, the garlic, the pepper and all that stuff, they stay on the surface. They're not going very far below, maybe an eighth of an inch. So that's where your bark comes in. That's why you don't have bark very deep. And that's why you don't if you if you rip open a pork butt and taste the center of the meat, you don't taste that garlic and pepper and all that stuff. You don't taste you don't even taste smoke down in there. Because it just doesn't penetrate that far. It's when you mix them all together that you get all that excitement.
0: Meathead Goldwyn joining us here on the show. Amazingribs.com is the website. Uh, You know, I did get an email from a, uh, let's say, rabid fan of the show. And it says, hey, Greg, uh, while you're talking about brisket sandwiches, which we did last segment, do you think you can have Meathead share his recipe for brisket on the smoker? Thanks, as always, for a great show. Uh, Eugene Apicella, I said it wrong on purpose, uh, Port St. John, Florida. It's actually I, Apicella.
3: I see Gene on uh, Facebook. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a great fan of barbecue and grilling and yes. cooking. Um, I, I have written gazillion words on my website on the subject of brisket. And you guys who compete probably know a lot more than I do. But I think the single most important factor is start with good meat. Um, you just have to start you – ju- you just can't go down to the grocer and buy any old shrink wrap, select, and get only flat. Almost everybody who cooks brisket will tell you that the best brisket is a whole, uh, a whole packer because it's, it's thick, and you have plenty of time, therefore, to allow the collagens and the fats to melt and the maximum flavors to develop inside, and um, you need to get choice or prime – or Wagyu, which has become the big thing on the competition circuit because it has more fat in it. Um, and, and those are, I think, the the most important things. But the expert is coming up on your next hour. Harry, Harry Sue is coming up and he can cook circles around me. I'm a theorist. I mean, I'm a, not a bad cook, but I don't compete. So I don't know how good I am. And I'm afraid to find out. Um before we get a lot further i did bring some toys I, I i know we can get back to this and we can answer questions but um i wanted to show you what some of the things that's happening this was not on our agenda greg i apologize for that's springing fine. on Go you ahead. but um you know everybody who follows me or my website or is listen this knows how i'm a huge thermometer fan cuz you really you know it's like Driving without a speedometer, it's risky. Um, There's this whole wave of wireless thermometers. I mean, everybody remembers when Maverick was the only one. Oh, yeah. Um, The uh, Thermoworks Duo came out about a year ago. Um, There's a whole – I just got in, in the past few weeks, three new ones. This is – I just came in yesterday, the yep. And it's got all kinds of ports and connections and cables. I haven't even unpacked it all, but I think it can handle, you know – 40 different probes. I don't know how many probes. Um, This one just came in. It's, I think, from Denmark. It's called the Capic, and it's a Bluetooth. Bluetooth. um, And it's a very cute little thing. And and really, I plugged it in. I tested it. It really pairs up nicely. I've played with the iGrill, which has now moved into its second generation, and they have several. One that even has three or four ports in it. And uh, I had problems with pairing with it in the earlier generations. I'm anxious to try the new generations of the iGrill. But they're all Bluetooth. And Bluetooth, as anybody who's played with it knows, has a very short range. And pairing is a pain. This is the coolest thing. And it's from Ohio, Greg. Um, It's called the iCelsius, and it's Wi-Fi. And I plugged this little baby. It's got three buttons and a, and, a, and a cable and you can get one with two probes and I plugged it in and I quit. I got tired of walking about a block and a half from my house with my iPad wow. and I was still getting a signal and you can hook it into your home network and go to work downtown and watch your meet with this little, it's about the size of a deck of cards. Is it's, that cool? it's
0: incredibly small.
3: It's it, it's like 85 bucks. It's incredibly small. I have a full review of it on my website. I have a whole page on um, thermometers on my website, and I've actually given this one a real run for it. its money. I haven't tried the others yet, but I am blown away by this, baby. It's my new favorite toy. And um, How accurate a- is, is it coming out of the box? Did
0: you, do you do the, uh, the, the uh, boiling water test on accuracy?
3: Yeah. Oh, you know what I've done? Um, I've actually hired... The head, the retired head of electrical engineering for ExxonMobil, and bought him lab testing equipment and sent him every thermometer. I spent about five grand on thermometers, sent him every thermometer I could find, and he's bench testing them. And we're building the database. And I saw the first draft of the database today. It should be up within 30 days. Wow. And it'll have reviews and ratings. And it'll tell you how accurate it is it at thirty-two degrees at two twelve. It'll tell you um Uh, how long it takes to get to uh, an accurate read. Um, We're doing all kinds of real good accuracy um, checking, and uh, we'll have a uh, database of thermometers uh, checking the manufacturer's specs, probably up and running within 30 days. Pretty cool.
0: Always adding stuff to the... Online encyclopedia. That is AmazingRibs.com. Meathead, I, uh, as always, appreciate your stopping by every second Tuesday of the month. And if you can believe it or not, we're going to see you back in June. Can you believe June is already a pile Oh,
3: my goodness.
0: I'm telling you, 2014 rapidly coming to a close. We'll talk in June.
3: Greg, it's always fun chatting with you and hearing from your audience.
0: Appreciate it. There he is. It's Meathead Golden, ladies and gentlemen. Nailing it as always. Spreading the knowledge that is Meathead. Pretty much. So we always appreciate him uh, making time. Do I have have the new read here? Yeah, I got the new read. That's not the new read. Here's the new read. No, that's not the new read either. Where is it? Oh, I just had it. I want to be talking to you. In about one second, on Cook Shack. You know, food tastes fabulous when cooked over Pelletsmo. Cook Shack will be attending the NRA, the National Restaurant Association Show, in Chicago on May 17th through the 20th. They will be at booth number 3843, and they would love to see you. Cook Shack will be cooking steaks and chicken on a 24-inch pellet-fired charbroiler at the show. They also have the FEC-120, the FEC-300 pellet-fired units and electric units SM-160 and the SM-260 at the booth for you to check out. The charbroiler is fueled by 100% food-grade wood pellets introduced into its internal fire pot by an auger that requires only a small amount of electricity to operate. Its heavy-duty cast-iron grates distribute heat evenly, which eliminates hot spots. With variable temperature settings from 250 degrees all the way up to 700 degrees Fahrenheit, you can cook seafood, beef, pork, chicken, vegetables, all easily, most importantly, all consistently. Charboiler is great for use in commercial kitchens, outdoor patios, or in a regular kitchen at home and on the competition circuit. Cook Shack's competition team recently used the 36-inch Charboiler to compete in the Battle of the Burger Contest in Polka City, Oklahoma, where they placed second. In the specialty and American categories, they cooked and served over 160 burgers, believe it or not. You can contact Cook Shack at 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698 for more information about any of their smokers, any of the charbroils, any of the electric stuff, anything that has to do with barbecue and grilling, they're probably going to have an answer on it. Or you can stop by and see them again at the National Restaurant Association Show in Chicago that is coming up this weekend, May 17th through the 20th at Booth 3843. Visit them online, cookshack.com. Give them a call, 800-423-0698. That, my friends, is Cook Shack, proud sponsor of this show and proud to have them sponsor the show. We're back to wrap up the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back.
2: Interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue—it's the Barbecue Central Show.
0: We are back, thanks to Meathead for joining me in this past segment. Uh, we did get a just a tiny bit of brisket talk in. Uh, We did talk about the thermodynamics of cooking, convection, radiation, and conduction, if memory serves me correctly. We also talked about the Arby's Smokehouse Sandwich and what mayonnaise is doing on that sandwich. Because you're not going to find mayonnaise on any other brisket sandwich anywhere in a respectable barbecue situation. AmazingRibs.com is his website. If you want to check him out, lots of great stuff. I am going to be most interested in seeing the thermometer database reviews. That's key. Bill Rempy writing into the show. I have no idea what a hashtag is, but me Ted's segment is the best. Where's the sheriff? No sheriff. Deputy Corey out around the street, the mean streets of Lake County, keeping the riffraff, dare I say, the malfeasance, away from the upstanding citizens of Lake County. He'll probably be in sooner or later. Sooner than later, I guess I should say. All right, uh, we're going to... Step away here briefly, and uh, when we come back, we will hit the second hour running. Lots of great guests jam-packed into the second hour. I have some second takes of my own. You can weigh in as well, 216-220-0966. You can also email the show, Greg, at the BBQ Central Show. Like, for instance, John Dawson. This email titled, Nailed Ramps, Brother Meathead is spanking us like none. Like a nun, sorry, with his usual great information, always look forward to meat-headedness. John, you are preaching to the choir here. No pun intended with your nun comment, by the way. Everybody loves the meathead. AmazingRibs.com is his website once again, in case you didn't know. uh, We'll step away. We'll be back with the second hour of the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. Happy to have you aboard here for the Really Big Barbecue Show.
1: Stand my intention.
0: Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show.
1: We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going?
0: <laughs>
3: you have a great show. I'm a big fan. So what? What? What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle.
4: Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish, what? He ate feet before Wiener. But oh, listen, Lavernius,
1: shake face! I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds.
4: <laughs> we
1: have
3: tough men working on it right now. Tough men?
0: Alright. Just what the hell? There we go. Right. Just like that, we are into the second hour. Uh, you have found the Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling, broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. If you've happened upon us, it's the second hour. Uh, you can jump in, 216 220 You can also email greg at Show.com. Happy to have you. Glad you stumbled aboard. Still to come tonight: Harry Sue and Fred Benado of uh, Tay Lake's Barbecue Supply. On the show next week, we'll find regular third segment guest. Uh, regular third. Se- we'll find regular third Tuesday of the month guest. Icon guy whose book cover I just passed: Stephen Riker. Possibly, quite possibly, the Memphis in May winner. Yes. And, of course, Barry Martin. Chef Barry. Jam-packed show all ready for next week. Uh, The 2014 Sam's Club Series rolled through St. Charles, Missouri this past weekend. Again, this was a local qualifying event, seeing the top six teams move on to the Midwest City, Oklahoma Regional Final. That'll take place on September 20th. That one has been going on for a number of weeks now. Uh, top six teams moving on to that event are winning grand championship, Shake and Bake Barbecue. Todd Johns of Pork Pull and Plowboys took reserve grand champion. And then, of course, friend of the show and a lightning rod of the barbecue community, Pelletmaster. Uh, pitmaster of Pellet Envy, Rod Gray, moving. Uh, Number four, Clark Crew Barbecue. Fifth place, St. Louis Black Iron Barbecue, and rounding out the top six. Moving on to that Midwest City-Oklahoma Regional Final, which again take place September 20th, Outlaw Hogs Barbecue. And again, the next Sam's event is May 24th, so in a couple weeks. Hendersonville, Tennessee. Good luck to all of those competing. I guess that would be uh, one week from Saturday this coming I am very happy to say that a proud new sponsor of this show, CookinPellets.com, has sent me a huge sample bag. And let me say something. You know, I'm not here to just play kiss ass with everybody. I mean, I love to kiss ass when duly noted and needed. However, it's not needed here. I don't need to do this. But um, I got my sample of Cookin Pellets. Let me say, there's a lot of other companies out there that uh, kind of cheap out, small bag, fifteen pound bag, ten pound bag, twenty pound bag. Man, these babies came forty pound bags. Like I l- almost blew a hernia picking this bad boy up off the front stoop and taking it in to the barbecue compound garage to properly store my pellets to ensure not getting wet. Wet pellet a bad pellet. And I have to say the packaging was phenomenal. There didn't there was really no visibility of what I call shake. Or pellet dust or anything like that. So it showed up well packaged. It is well packaged to hold the pellets in. And I'm excited to see that it's not like I'm going to have to make a quick call back and order more just because, you know, there isn't a lot there. It's a good amount. So I'm very excited about that. And uh, those are going to be hitting the pellet cooker just as soon as I run through the current auger station of uh, pellets. I'm getting a lot of email in going... Did you just say male feces or, you know, whatever? No, didn't say that. that one thing that you have to know about me is that I am a wordsmith, so much so that from time to time and is typically well-documented by one particular centralite who will remain nameless, John Dawson, I might make up my own words. I am so prolific at the word smithing. I said... Somebody asked, where's, where's Deputy Corey? And I said, well, he's out keeping the malfeasance. You can't say that I am not a proper orator as well. Malfeasance, not malfeces. Malfeasance, that is the criminal element, the ne'er-do-wells, typically reserved for those people that live in Michigan. It's a different story altogether. So I didn't say malfeces, I said malfeasance. Use the word tomorrow in a sentence. It'll make you feel a lot better. So uh, thanks to uh, CB uh, for hooking me up with the cooking pellets and can't wait to try those. But I want to mention this. Uh, preceding this show tonight and potentially going forward, I'm hopeful going forward, but at least to tonight. Chad Ward of Whiskey Bent Barbecue has moved off of Blog Talk Radio and has now finally landed at the Outdoor Cooking Channel. And I want to make a point. Please listen. It takes balls. Let me use a line from one of my favorite movies ever, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Do you know what it takes to sell real estate? Do you know what it takes to jump ship from one network to the next? Brass balls. It does. I mean, think about it. Blog Talk Radio is easy. Blog Talk Radio is a show that you can do literally from your phone. I mean, just listen to any of those shows. They're literally being phoned in. You ever heard of phoning it in on the job? They phone it in for their shows because they have to use a freaking phone to do the shows, which is why it sounds like you've entered into like the old 1997 party lines with hookers and so forth having a party. It's bad quality. Chad had a good show, has a good show, and did it often, repeatable. He's got his own thing going. You know, his show is not my show. My show is not his show. Two different shows. But he's got a good head on his shoulders. He's kind of quick-witted. Uh, He has a different angle and view of the whole industry than I do. So I think we complement each other really well. And I was a big proponent at least a year ago of trying to get him to jump ship off of what is a horrific sound quality experience. You people that are in this chat room right now, you tell me, because I know some of you are listeners to Chad's as well. How much better did his show sound tonight being able to see him, hearing him talking to real microphones and not into a freaking phone and battling technical issues that the clicking and the, oh, I mean, come on. But he didn't have to do that. He didn't have to make the steps necessary to Invest in new equipment to lay out that expense up front to sound better. But look, if you want to continue to move forward and blaze trails, you can't sit and wallow in mediocrity in a medium that, quite frankly, blows blog talk radio. You know what they say? If it's uh, if it's easy, everybody would do it. Well, trust me, blog talk radio makes it so easy that anybody tries to do it. Let me tell you something. It sounds like anybody could do it. A lot of those shows are are horrific. Again, it sounds like you've just happened to tap into somebody's private conversation. There's no planning. There's no preparation. There's no forethought. It's insulting to me and some other people out there that actually put in the work, try to create a better media outlet for this type of an industry that we fervently believe in and are a part of in some form or fashion so uh, i just want to congratulate chad ward and whiskey bent barbecue in the pit radio show jumping ship and moving on over here to the outdoor cooking channel uh, which you know i don't necessarily have any ownership in of course well not even necessarily i don't have any ownership here except for the fact that until tonight i was the only live show that recurred here every week giving you two hours of awesome original programming. And now it's a four-hour stretch, a four-hour block. Nobody else has it. Nobody else has the tag team champion of talk radio. Good job, Chad. Way to do it. God. About time. What took so damn long? All right. uh, Harry Sue coming up here out of the break. So you stick around for Harry Sue. We're going to be talking about him judging. But first, I'm going to be talking to you about the Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic pit temperature control devices, not to mention a host of other products that keep your barbecue and grilling life on the ease track. The ease track. Uh, If you're not familiar with how the Barbecue Guru pit temperature control devices work, imagine this, a product that once your pit temperature is set at where you want it at, keeps it running at that set temperature all the way through the cook it's not too good to be true it is real life technology you can take advantage of it today maybe you are a busy working professional like me or perhaps you're constantly on the run with kids doing errands and quite frankly you just don't have the time to set around the 10 pit temperatures i dig it barbecue guru allows you to throw on a pork butt or a brisket or a couple slabs of ribs and then you're off to do whatever it is you need to get done and the barbecue guru maintains the pit temperature you set it at Currently a number of different models to choose from. You have the Cyber-Q Wi-Fi. You have the Party-Q. Party-Q goes from cooker to cooker, runs on AA batteries, completely self-contained. CyberQ q Wi-Fi can do a number of pits at the same time. You connect to a Wi-Fi hotspot, and you can actually see the internal temperatures of meat right from your smart device or your laptop or your netbook or your tablet, whatever. It basically allows you to never have to get out of bed during an overnight cook. If you're cooking too hot, you can lower the temperature of the pit. If you're cooking too fast internally or your meats, you can ramp the pit down. How convenient is that? Yeah, really convenient. It's kind of dominating the competition market as well, by the way, in case you didn't know. If you're in the market for a cooker, look no further than the Onyx oven. It's been winning on the competition circuit for years. A lot of people in the backyard got them, too. Holds a ton of meat. It's fully insulated, holds half and full pans for food service. If you're into that thing like a barbecue caterer, obviously it works seamlessly with any of the Barbecue Guru potential temperature control device. Listen, do yourself a favor. Head on over to thebbqguru.com, check out all their products. If you have any questions about what to order, call them directly. Don't wait. 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. But make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. 800-288-GURU or TheBBQGuru.com. The Barbecue Guru is a breakthrough in barbecue technology. We're back with the man, Harry Sue, right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back.
2: the barbecue central radio network studios in cleveland ohio you're listening to the barbecue central radio show once again here's your host greg rampe
0: all right welcome back bill Rampy writing in congrats chad our other son bill and connie Rampy. that's uh, greg's mother Uh, This portion of the Barbecue Central Show is being brought to you by CookinPellets.com. Your number one source for quality wood pellets for all of your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase. That's CookinPellets.com. You can also visit Amazon.com to purchase as well. That's uh, CookinPellets.com. Proud new sponsor of the show. All right, my next guest is typically taking part in barbecue contests as a champion pitmaster, but recently decided to take a look from the other side and give it a go on the judging table. Here to recap that portion is pitmaster of Slap Yo Daddy Barbecue and friend of the show, Harry Sue, joining us. Uh, Harry, how are you, buddy? I'm doing wonderful, Greg. How are you? Doing absolutely fabulous, Harry. Appreciate you asking. Been a little while, so good to play catch up with you. You know, uh, I guess a few different topics that we can hit here tonight, Harry, but obviously, as I just mentioned in the open, uh, you kind of switched the table on yourself and, uh, you know, obviously known for being a championship pitmaster. Uh, but this time you head into the tent for judging. Did you just have, like, time to kill? Were you looking to see what it looks like, how the other half live? What was the, uh, the precipitating event to get you into the judges' tent versus providing food for the judges'?
4: Well, I have been spending about, what, six or seven years now on the competitive side. And I thought it was time to sort of find out how the scene looks on the other side. Uh, some people call that the dark side or the competitive competition side, the dark side, depending on which side you're on. So I thought, hey, you know, it would be nice to kind of cross over and perhaps work my way slowly towards another credential that uh, I'm kind of seeking. Is, uh, you know, I think it would be really nice to have a master judge uh, credential. To you know, accompany say a grand champion, pit master title. So I'm going to be spending a lot more time on the judging side of the fence, and I know I have just so much to learn about the world of barbecue and even from the other side.
0: Now, you know, a lot of KCBS cooks are certified barbecue judges themselves. A lot of them aren't. Um, are you? Are, so are you currently a CBJ, and now you're going to be working towards the mastership?
4: I actually uh, became a CBJ in uh, 2008 in my very first year. And um, since then, I've judged uh, invitationals, I've judged backyards, um, but I've never actually judged an official KCBS contest. So a couple of Saturdays Saturdays ago near Sacramento, I had my first uh, dive into the world of uh, judging, and I had a terrific time, met a lot of new friends, and uh, I'm going to continue that journey.
0: Harry Sue joining us here on the show, SlapYoDaddyBBQ.com is his website if you want to check him out here while we're talking. Uh, Harry, if you could hearken back, and maybe you've had uh, some refresher courses since you took it in 2008, but if you could kind of explain what a judging class for a uh, potential CBJ is like, what goes on in there, how they're instructing you, you know, what's good barbecue, what's bad barbecue, what it should taste like in your mouth, what it shouldn't taste like, uh, just for those of us who haven't been in there and, and might be considering it, what could
4: Okay, uh, it's a, a half-day class, uh, usually put on by a veteran KCBS uh, official in my case, uh, I had my class uh, back in 2008, uh, I believe Gene uh, Gorker was my instructor, and they basically cover kind of the rules of the don'ts, do's and don'ts, When you are a barbecue judge, uh, they teach you to be open-minded and to appreciate the fact that, you know, there can be more than one flavor profile that uh, you could keep a perfect score. You actually get to eat barbecue in a barbecue judging class, because it's just covering all the rules and regulations. And uh, in eating these barbecue samples, you are exposed to a different uh, kind of diverse array of different kinds of presentations and uh, different kinds of meats, some with garnish and some without garnish. And, uh, you know, you go through the entire process in a theory as well as a practical portion of a class. And at the conclusion of the class, which lasts about half a day, uh, you receive a designation as a certified barbecue judge. Now, you, you currently have zero on your logbook and what you want to do is you take a logbook with you to every contest you judge, whether you're a table captain or you're an assistant or you're an actual judge, uh, you get a little sign-off. And when you collect uh, 30 of those uh, signatures and you are able to cook at least once on a competition team and uh, you pass a test and you earn the designation of a master certified barbecue judge.
0: And that's currently what you are going to be chasing after now.
4: I will be pursuing that. It will take a while because I'm still a competitor at heart. And, you know, it's very hard for me to kind of take a detour, uh, pass all my friends, and take a back road into the uh, judging tent uh, because during the judging process, uh, teams are not allowed to socialize with the judges. So we, we try to maintain sort of a firewall between the two different groups so that the judging is impartial and objective.
0: Harry Sue, joining me here on the show. Um, so this counts as the the one tick on that uh, logbook you were just talking about.
4: Yes, uh, yeah. Wow. I, I actually had to sit at the judging at the kids table uh, because in California they have a process that they call the Southwest, uh, I guess, uh, process where they line up uh, all the judges who show up. So in a thirty team contest, there are thirty thirty five judges who show up. And they put the most uh, the judge who has the most contest judge on the front of the line, and the judge with the few, fewest number of contests at the back of the line. So I was at the way, way back of the line and uh, they pair up the senior and junior until all the tables are seated, so that the distribution of the uh, experience level of the judges at a table of six is pretty much even throughout the entire judging tent.
0: You know, uh, when you look back on that class uh, that we were just talking about, could you get a little bit more specific, uh, if at all possible, on how the person going and presenting this class is kind of walking that fine line of not letting your personal preferences affect your scoring? Because, you know, look, we're all human, and you can tell people to not take this into account or not take that into account, but there's going to have to be some spillage somewhere. How do they – tell you to guard against that
4: well I think that the instructor can do their best to tell you that you shouldn't just a smoke ring it's not a garnish contest Uh, but you know inevitably we're all human Uh, I've seen it for many years now on the competition side even though it's expressly say written in the rules that uh, smoking smoke ring doesn't count as a competitor, I know on the day that my barbecue doesn't have a smoke ring it's probably not the day that I'm going to be taking a walk. <laughs> uh, having said that, uh, they do try to instill into you some of the rules and the spirit of the rules and uh, things like you know, not using illegal garnish. Uh, you only allow green leaf lettuce and uh, curly parsley. Uh, the fact that you try to judge it fairly. But at the end of the day, after you finish the judging class, uh, you ask to look at your scores. And inevitably, you find that you judge the boxes that had garnished slightly higher. And at the end of the day, they tell you it's the same barbecue that you ate. So it kind of teaches you that you really eat with your eyes, and you just have to be mindful and try to judge every box uh, based on its own merits or, or demerits.
0: Harry Sue joining me here on the show, talking about uh, the other side of competition, which is the judging portion, not the cooking. You know, Harry, I wonder if, if perhaps you wouldn't be more of a critical judge given your cooking prowess, the success that you have seen uh, both on the competition circuit, uh, some on television and so forth, you know, or at least someone who might be expecting profiles versus evaluating what's given. But uh, perhaps that's an unfair uh, assessment on my part.
4: I think that that would be somewhat of a natural uh, reaction. And um, I, I, offer, I might offer a slightly different perspective. I have cooked many, many contests. And in many contests, I won. In many contests, I've gotten my butt kicked. Turning in a recipe profile, a a flavor profile, and a recipe that I thought was a winner. So I've come to realize that there is quite a wide and diverse spectrum of flavors and styles that can win. And over the years, right, I have switched styles essentially, you know, many, many times. In fact, I would say even a dozen times, switching styles across each of the four meats always trying to reach that nirvana of flavor, presentation, tenderness, and appearance. And, and because of that, I, I have a sensation now that there is no such thing as perfect barbecue, singular. There's only perfect barbecues, plural. So I think that that's kind of opened my eyes in terms of having a kind of more diverse respect for different styles and different flavor profiles. I would have no hesitation even giving two entries, both nines, even though they taste different because, in my opinion, the pit master did an excellent job in presenting the meat, cooking it to perfect tenderness, and putting it, you know, just great, awesome flavor into the meat.
0: So obviously you're going to be doing more of these competitions. As you look at the balance of 2014, as we're almost halfway through it, believe it or not, uh, will you be doing more judging than cooking or uh, vice versa?
4: You know, I, I always want to cook. <laughs> That's just me. <laughs> when I was uh, privileged enough uh, to be invited to judge the Kingsford Invitational in Bell, Missouri, in 2012, to judge the Planet Champion, where Melissa Cookston, from Yazoo Delta Q1, I, my heart was actually out in the field, not in a judging tent. Um, so I'm going to have to fight that, that that sensation and try to tell myself, hey, you know, I, I spent six years competing, travel literally hundreds of thousands of miles. Uh, now's the time to try something a little bit different because I feel that, you know, judging barbecue, being in the judging tent will actually help me become a better competitor because I get to see the other side. I've always heard what the other side you know, looks like, feels like, but I've never been there. I've, I've had many, many judging friends who'd always tell me stories. So now's my chance to live that journey myself and actually experience it and see it for myself.
0: You know, I, I was wondering, and I'm glad you kind of brought that point up, Harry, is if you are a avid competitor on the circuit – and you have the option of becoming a certified barbecue judge, and and whether you're judging 15 contests or 30 contests, maybe you don't have a goal to become a a master. However, you're going to be competing in the same sanctioning body that you could potentially be a judge in, which is probably rare in in a lot of other sports. Don't you think, and obviously you do, that it's really kind of uh, giving you that incognito uh, or or that backside look at... These are what the judges are kind of expecting. I hate to use that word "expecting," but here's here are the flavor profiles that seem to be winning here in this portion of the country, in that portion of the country, and then you can come at uh, from behind the tent a week later and kind of put those practices into play and see if it doesn't pan out.
4: It, there's no secret that uh, being in the judging tent, right, puts, gives you an advantage if you're a competitor. So if I'm a judging tent uh, after the. Judging entries are done. We're not allowed to speak or to show emotion when we judge, but after the scores are, tabula- are taken away from us, the score sheets are taken away, we can talk. So let's say if at my table, somebody says, You know, that Chipotle pineapple was terrific, and I gave it a perfect score, and three other judges chime in. Guess what I'll be cooking next week?
0: <laughs> Chipotle pineapple.
4: Chipotle pineapple. And I don't care how weird it sounds, but I, I go with the flow. And whenever you are in the judging tent, I realized in my very first judging, uh, what do you call, uh, attempt, there is a certain vibe, a certain cadence, a certain rhythm in the judging tent. So as a competitor, it behooves me to kind of get in touch and align myself with that rhythm because it varies by the part of the county or the state you're in. So I judge in NorCal, and I had a chance to feel out the judges there because NorCal judges have a reputation of being the hardest judges in America, uh, the average GC score is in the 660 range, wow. which is pretty low compared to the rest of the nation, which is in a 690 range. But I just want to kind of get a flavor of the people there. And they were all super nice people, super competent, super objective, super independent. But that was kind of what they liked and they disliked. So I, I'm all ears when I'm in the judging tent because it's all intel for me.
0: Here, let me ask you to speculate here just for a second. But in the judge's tent, what percentage of judges do you think are there? To be a part of the competition process to get to a winner at the very end, and what percentage do you think are there to eat first? And then, oh, by the way, uh, you know, we'll, we'll do some of that judging stuff too.
4: I would say the majority of the judges I met are basically really, uh, you know, in their heart they enjoy barbecue judging. They they spend their own money, uh, they pay for their own hotel, they pay their own gas. And judges really don't get paid, or do, they don't really get anything much in return. Sometimes the organizer might, might give them a little uh, kind of a souvenir apron, but that's pretty much it. And to be honest with you, not all the barbecue we ate in the tent was good. I, I would say, I would say less than maybe 50% was what I call pretty good. The other half was sort of you know mediocre, and because there are new teams constantly joining, uh, some of that was really. I would have to say, pretty bad. So wow. I think a lot of them do it because of their love of the sport, and I believe as as a competitor, we have a symbiotic relationship. You know, competitors need judges, and judges need competitors. And a lot of us, we do it with all our heart, regardless of whether we are on a competitive side or even on the judging side.
0: Harry, do you think that judges should be evaluated on an, in an ongoing process and determine if... Let's say, you know, their last results in past contests should in turn qualify or perhaps even disqualify them from judging in future contests.
4: I, I think that question or that, that topic has come up recently with more accountability with the way the judging transparency process has been introduced by KCBS, where judges uh, are not identified, but they're given some kind of a random number. And uh, there is some tracking now of what a judge, right, scored from contest to contest uh, with, I guess, the hope of trying to essentially normalize some of the variance in the scoring process for different judging judges. Um, I, I think that, that that has kind of pros and cons. Uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of transparency and accountability so long as the anonymity is maintained. I, I know that uh, there's been some discussion that the trend for higher scores going, going into the 700 plus range has come about because of that accountability. So, most judges don't want to be fingered out for scoring low, so every kind of body kind of scores high. So, the overall trend for scores has risen uh, since the implementation of the transparency process by KCBS. Um, I, I have mixed feelings about it. I, I think accountability is important. Uh, at the same time, you know, if a person feels a certain way about a, about a particular flavor or tenderness, I, I believe they should have a right to be able to put whatever score they want, so long as it's justifiable, uh, because everybody, it is a subjective process, and you cannot introduce mathematical rigor into a process that's inherently qualitative.
0: Potentially. Doesn't uh, it seem that IBCA might have the best kind of, a, of judging process where it is... You know, people just going in; they, they aren't being told what is good or what is bad. I mean, whatever tastes good to them kind of rules the day, and and still the cream seems to seems to rise to the top. And I know you do uh, your, your share of IBCA as well.
4: Well, I do my share of IBCA, PNWBA, uh, KCBS, and I, I can tell you with the dozen different sanctioning bodies in America, uh, it's anyone's guess, right? There's always the controversy of, hey, you know which judging process is the best, which are the flaws, you know. I, I have the belief that, you know, if you go and you compete for fun, uh, any scoring body, so long as it, it's objective, is good enough for me. Uh, because at the end of the day, right, if you are a good pit master, you should be able to score well regardless of the sanctioning body. I, I'm kind of an agnostic sort of pit master. I, I cook in pretty much any sanctioning body so long as everything is kind of fair. Um, so I, I'm I'm really neutral about that whole process. Uh, I I think that there's no such thing as a perfect scoring system, because you have human beings.
0: Harry Sue, joi- said. Yeah. Harry Sue joining me here on the show. SlapYoDaddyBBQ.com, the website. Uh, One last question here before I let you go, Harry, and appreciate the time tonight. You know, you're a guy who I've known at least over the last two, three, four years is really cognizant of minimizing the footprint at a barbecue competition, and you took it, like, to a whole new level with this smallest grill cook I've ever seen anybody do. You really try and press it over the top, don't you?
4: I uh, constantly (laughs) push the envelope because I have somewhat of a kind of a reputation for doing that. So all my barbecue friends constantly challenge me to achieve the impossible, which is cook an entire contest on one briquette. I'm not there yet, <laughs> but uh, I'm definitely working on the goal. Last Saturday, my good buddy, Stephen Dooley of All Hawks, presented me with a little small five-and-a-half, six-inch Weber grill and essentially dared me to use it at a contest. I said, sure, why not? I'm, I'm going to be cooking on it. <laughs> just watch me. So I just posted a, a YouTube video, it's kind of going around of me actually using a six-inch Weber grill to cook a contest. Now, I, I, I want to be clear. I, I, I obviously did not cook all the entries on a six-inch grill, but watch <laughs> out for me in the future. Whereby if I get five more, I put six of those little mini grills, and I could potentially cook six chicken thighs. So don't be surprised if I show up in your town and try to cook an entire contest using mini Weber grills.
0: Harry Sue is a KCBS judge. He is a champion pit master of the team Slap Yo Daddy BBQ and also a cooking class instructor as well. Harry, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much for coming on tonight.
4: Vague pleasure of all mine.
0: You got it. There he is. Uh, Harry Sue, <clears throat> Slap Yo Daddy BBQ. And a professional, getting out in just the right amount of time. I mean, again, you know, I say it every once in a while, but you can tell the, the guys that do this. And uh, the guys that don't, because man, when it's time to get out, you know, no last-second stuff. He just gets out. Right, folks, come come clean with me now. You know you did it. You know I warned you, and I warned you, and I warned you, but you did it. You effed up Mother's Day. The doghouse has been your domain for the last couple days. Yeah. You didn't go to Stephen DeFranco. You didn't call him. You didn't get any type of great information, just like I told you to. But there's still time to make it right for her and start planting seeds for you. Father's Day, that's right. Um, if you're looking for gift for dear old dad, don't buy him clothes that he's not going to wear. No new shoes that he'll just cover with barbecue sauce. A new tie. <laughs> Who wears ties anymore? Stephen DeFranco Jewelers—the perfect answer—a new watch. And Stephen has an incredible selection of watches that would be perfect for dear old dad. How about Bulova watches? Why spend a ton of money on a watch you don't have to? Bulova watches are stylish, affordable, starting under two hundred dollars. Bulova watches come traditional court styles and retro-styled automatic versions, chronographs, skeletons, and traditional styles fill out the Bulova line of timepieces. Bolivar Precisionists want the most accurate watch in the world. Bolivar Precisionist is that watch, the exclusive movement. of well, the Bolivar Precisionist breaks down the second-hand movements into 16 segments per second, giving the second-hand a smooth-moving appearance. There are steel and titanium versions available as well. Now, the Bolova Accutron gives you that high-end without the high price. Cadillac of the Bolivar line, the Accutron is the pinnacle of the high-end design without breaking the bank, starting below $600 dollars. The Accutron watch gives you the high-end style, perfect for uh, a quality and lifestyle without breaking the bank. Now, maybe you're a gadget junkie. I mean, you're a barbecue guy. Who isn't? The Citizens line, perfect and accurate. No need a, for a timer for your barbecue cooking because Citizens has multiple timers along with alarms, multiple time zones. And then there's that Cadillac of a watch that I'm going to get one day, the Phillip and Company. Many high-end European watch companies use Swiss movements called ETA. Philip hand assembles his watches personally using ETA movements, hand-picked components starting at $895. Philip's watches not only have an elegant European style, but they're affordable and they're all serial numbered and registered with Philip himself. So do this. Go to StephenDeFranco.com, StephenDeFranco.com or call him 440-943-2700. Tell him you're a barbecue brother or sister, and he'll give you the real discounted price on the new watch. He's not allowed by the manufacturer to show the real discount on his website. StephenDefranco.com, and then call 440 943 2700. The Smoking Guitar Player is up next. Stick around.
2: Big-name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show.
0: All right, we are back. 216-220-0966, Greg at TheBBQCentralShow.com. Uh, joining me now, a longtime show sponsor, A guy who made his bones in the music industry and now is keeping it hardcore in the barbecue and grilling industry. Pitmaster of Tasty Licks Barbecue Competition cooking team. Help me well. The smoking guitar player himself, Fred Bernardo, ladies and gentlemen. Fred, how are you?
1: I got to play the theme song first. Hi, Greg. Hey, uh, oh, you know what? No, you'll notice my my fingers are the only thing that move faster than my lips.
0: Can I say uh, Eddie Van Halen? Uh,
1: you, you can say it, but I wouldn't include him on in a conversation with me and give insult the
0: dude. Wow, uh, I mean. You were about two seconds away from busting out into barbecue eruption, I believe.
1: But I think that's exactly what I think. I had barbecue eruption at that contest this weekend, as a matter of fact.
0: <laughs> uh, Fred Bernardo joining me here on the show. Uh, he's the guy that owns Tasty Licks barbecue, TastyLicksBBQ.com.
1: Did I sound like Jimi Hendrix? Yes. Oh, oh, darn it. Well, another 30, 40 years, I'll get it
0: down. <laughs> hey, get that thing picking on your teeth, and we'll uh, play the that's national right. anthem. That's, a, that's all how the Tasty Licks thing got started, dude. Tasty Licks. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so we got that's a number right. of different things that we can talk about tonight, uh, mm-hmm. but why not go ahead and uh, quickly recap the contest that you were at this past weekend?
1: Uh, we were in Green Lane, Pennsylvania at Smoke in the Valley, which is a really nice one. And uh, we didn't do so great, but it was a very, very nice contest, as it always is. Sometimes we do great. Sometimes we don't. Cooking was spot on. Everything was perfect. And, uh, you know, sometimes the judges go with you. Sometimes they don't. That's all. That's all I can say about that. But uh, real nice time. Great folks. All our friends, A lot of our friends were there. There were a lot of contests. There were three, uh, sort of three in our area this past weekend. And uh, so we were kind of all divided up, the teams that usually show up at these things. We were sort of divided up in uh, – you know, but there were about, I think, 55 teams there. Good, good, you know, good turnout.
0: Do you recall maybe even a, a couple of years ago where there weren't that many competitions uh, within, a, you know, a relatively yeah. uh, small space?
1: It was only a couple of years ago. Uh, you know, uh, they would use, uh, do you remember, they used to use normal people as judges. <laughs> now you have you have to apply on January 1 or you don't get in. Remember that it used to be a big controversy. They'd get normal civilians as judges. Everybody get all freaked out over it. That's long gone.
0: It, uh, is it is it a testament to the popularity?
1: I guess it is. Sure, you know, uh, we were at a contest a couple of weeks ago, Harrington, Delaware. You know, first year for the contest, 120 teams. So uh, I think I think it is. I think it's uh, very popular, and uh, a lot of people are really having fun doing it. And uh, hey, good for all of us, you know.
0: Fred Bernardo joining me here on the show uh, from Tasty Licks Barbecue. A couple different things I wanted to hit up with you here because uh, obviously you have the uh, palatial, tropical uh, place in Shillington, Pennsylvania. And you got a lot of great stuff in there. Uh, Most of the stuff is uh, ready to ship out to those people at fair prices. What is, uh, I thought I was on track with all of the lighting gadgetry on the face of the earth, but I have not heard of the bison grill. light. What is that?
1: Well, you know what? I don't have, (laughs) I don't have one here with me, but it looks, it looks sort of like a ray gun trying to get my hands on the camera. It it looks like a ray gun and you put a, a butane canister in it, yep. and you hit the button, and it shoots out a flame, a blue flame about six inches long, and it lights your charcoal, like, immediately. It doesn't need any cord. doesn't need any fan running. It's just – and you can also – it has a light on it so you can see where you're, where you're aiming. It's, it's like a little flamethrower. It's, it's quite cool. And you can also just make it do the blowing part. So if you just want to kind of get your fire going hotter, you can do that too. And uh, it's, a, it's a very cool thing, you know. Uh, you can You can fold it so it's like a pistol. You know, sort of L-shaped, or you can have it long, so it's like a rifle. Really? Very, yes, yeah, very cool. Bison. Right. I wish I had one here to show you, but I'm a little lax on that when it's in the truck.
0: Uh, you know? What are you uh, What are you looking at retail for that type of thing?
1: I think it's about eighty dollars or something. I don't know. I got to look. I'll look on my own website here <laughs> while we're doing it. But uh, it's it's like a lo- like a lighter sort of yeah. gadget, but yeah. it uses a whole different thing. You don't have to plug it in. Use a little four ninety nine butane canister lasts a long time, and it's like actual. Fl- it's like a little mini personal flamethrower, <laughs> which is you know everybody's gonna want one. The way I see it, who wouldn't want their own little mini flamethrower?
0: I can't wait to get one.
1: Right, right. I know you should call them up. Maybe they'll you know send one over to you.
0: I'll uh, visit tastylicksbbq.com, dot put in an order, and we'll see when it gets here.
1: There you go. It'll be there pretty quick because we're waiting. That's right. <laughs> we, the orders come in as they come in during the day. We process them and send them out almost always same day. Uh, It's just the way I've always done it. I mean, you know, if I don't send your order, I, I I don't pay my bills. So I don't understand why some people sometimes drag their feet. But, man, we are as fast as we possibly can. I got my crew is really on it, on it, on top of it. So.
0: Uh, Fred, let me ask you, about you know aside from a lot of the cool gadgetry, um, you do sell the main uh, componentry, which, of course, is cookers and grills and smokers and all this other stuff. Uh, yep. There's one that I start seeing making the rounds. I'm actually supposed to uh, have him on this show at some point here when we can actually lock down a date. It's called the Abe's Smokers.
1: That's right. How do you uh, get hooked young, up with this yep. guy? Young man from Detroit. Uh, I was probably his first dealer, I guess. I don't know. Uh, he just started really... Uh, maybe selling to dealers. He's been doing a direct thing over the internet. Um, you know, has a few growing pains here and there, but, uh, this guy, if nothing else, he knows how to weld a metal box and put insulation in it. These things have two inches of, I don't know what kind of, it's some kind of crazy insulation that, uh, I have a picture. I don't know if I put it on a website yet of putting the, uh, infrared gun on it while it's fired up. And I mean, it, it's less than a big green egg, you know, as far as the heat on the outside. Um, So, you know, I think he's uh, in the process of maybe redoing the line a little bit, too. I'm not really sure. But uh, we have four smokers in stock at good prices. They're cabinet smokers. They're water smokers. We have stainless steel pans in them. And, uh, you know, pretty good. You hook a guru up, and the thing will go for I don't know how long, you know. But it's a real nice thing. Hold a lot of food.
0: You've seen any number of uh, cabinet or vault style, you know, whatever the hot term is these days. I mean, what do you really think – Separates this particular one, or, or why would somebody want to look at this versus a spice wine or a backwoods, oh. or you know the list goes on anymore.
1: At the moment, it's considerably cheaper and probably better quality than at least some of the big brands. I'm not going to talk other brands, but some of the big brands of cabinets, uh, smokers. And you take a look at them; they're all screwed together and they're all crooked. These, these doors on this, like I stock stainless steel doors and regular doors, and they're interchangeable. You know, the doors can go from one to the next. The hinges, everything line up. Um, he, he is he he, for his and he's a young man he's in his uh, late mid to late 20s but most of his adult life he's been working welding metal boxes for like the hvac industry mm-hmm. and uh you know he has everything catted out and i mean th- th- this stuff he, he sends it to a fabricator and the next day these pieces come back to him they hand weld them up while well, using a they have jigs and everything set up for this stuff and uh you know pretty pretty good you know really uh i think for the money you look on our website for the money you, you just i don't think you can touch anything even close unfortunately who knows how long they're going to stay at these prices because as he as he tunes things in gets some dealers and da 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 you know other people are going to have to get make money uh i've discussed with him about maybe handling his dealer sales for him you know he's a young guy he's you know just getting himself really going and uh, but you know good guy and uh you want any information call me because I, i'll tell you i i showed him how to like get the guru thing working on it he, you know when he first started six years ago he knew, he knew nothing about barbecue and his boss <laughs> had him make one he didn't even know what it was he built the smoker and didn't even know what it was that's how he got started
0: wow that's how yeah. it uh, that's how it happens with these fabricator yeah. guys right
1: yep yeah. yeah you know but uh we can take a look at one of these things you come over to the store i got 3 of them sitting there and I'm starting to use them in our videos and we're going to be using one this saturday at tasty fest grill fest Right at our store in beautiful downtown Chillington.
0: All right, what is a, What is Tasty Fest Grill Fest? Sounds like 80, just like a party.
1: It's it's a promotion. It's a promotion. We're trying to get some business, dude. No, anyway, <laughs> we have a whole day of like demonstrations. I'll be doing pizza on the Blackstone oven. I don't know if you know about the Blackstone pizza oven. Oh. A very very cool thing for four hundred dollars. And I'll be doing some on a big green egg. We're gonna do some pork. We're gonna do some chicken. We have guys from different teams coming in cooking certain things. It's just a day I show up, have a drink, you know, or whatever, and uh, hang around all day, taste the food, you know, sales on everything. We're uh, having giveaways, like we're giving away a mini Big Green Egg. Uh, We have all, you know, we'll be featuring all the brands that we feature, which is like Green Mountain and Big Green Egg and Kamado Joe and the Abe stuff and the Weber stuff and uh, blah, blah. I probably missed Mac. We have Mac Grills. You know, there's uh, many different lines. Meadow Creek. We have some Meadow Creek in stock.
0: You you said black stone. Is this uh, is this the thing that you're talking about right here?
1: The one right in the middle there. That's yeah, it. Right here.
0: Huh. All right. So yeah. it looks like it's Got propane. Right
1: in my backyard, about ten feet away from me. Right wow. in the middle up there.
0: Is that a, is that a propane cooker?
1: It is propane. That is a propane pizza oven. Wow. It's uh, either a knockoff or a, a. There was a thing. There's a thing called a two stone that the pizza aficionados have been a guy's been making. It's about over a thousand dollars, and he's been making oh. it quite a few years. Wow. And we all wanted one, but the price was so expensive. Uh, This thing has a 60,000 BTU burner. It's $400. Most of my customers that were saving their money to get wood-fired ovens, like we sell Forno Bravo, just came in and bought this thing because it costs less less than the shipping on the Forno Bravo. And it's $400. You get a perfect 90-second pie out of this thing. I mean it – It is rocking. I have one like literally right outside my window, right there, and I can go out, turn that thing on now. Now it's seventy degrees out, but it could be five degrees out there. If I turn that thing on in about three minutes, that thing's at five hundred degrees and going for a thousand. Really? Yeah. So it's it's a really really cool pizza oven, you know. And you can say you don't get that wood taste, but I'll tell you, you know, we have it at the store and we have the wood fired oven fired up at the same time, and we've done millions of taste tests and we can't tell a difference. So, big frankly. We sold our demo wood wood oven (laughs) last week. No reason Uh, to have it around.
0: Obviously, a big fan of the Blackstone Pizza. oven, So check that out, too, as you peruse TastyLakesBBQ.com. Lastly, let me uh, touch on this uh, upcoming PA Midnight Smokers Master Competition cooking class, which will be, uh, looks like, uh, in two weeks' time about.
1: Yep, that's right. Uh, Paul Hess and Brenda Hess, PA Midnight Smokers. This guy... He retired two years ago. He does one contest; he usually wins it anyway. Yep. Last year he won, I think, everything but brisket, which I won. <laughs> so I'm one of the few guys that has ever beaten one of his briskets. But if you competed three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years ago yeah, yeah. in the Mid Atlantic, you just watched this guy. I used to say, "Why don't they just leave him on the stage?" And he retired so he could spend more time with his grandchildren. And we had him for a co- we have limited size of the class. We filled one uh, two months ago. It, it's every secret. I mean, this guy. I've never seen a perfectionist like this guy, and he, he has this down. So, I mean, if you want to do this thing and you want to know the secrets to how to win, nobody does it better than this guy, really, I'm telling you. you know? So,
0: Are there spots still efficient. open for 22nd, uh, yes. 23rd?
1: We still have spots open. You know, this time of the year is a weird time for a class. Yeah. So we still have some spots open. Hey, can I show you something quick? Look at this. Yeah. I just want to show you what I got here. That's a guitar pick. But check this out. I don't know if I can get it in the camera. You're right there. I'll try and hold it still. It says Fred's music there on that side. Yeah, and you flip it over and look. Tasty, Tasty Licks, Licks Barbecue on that side. So you, when you come to Tasty Fest, you can get get a couple of these free. <laughs> that's a, that's a limited edition. It's limited by how many I can sell.
0: Right. <laughs> It'll, it, you can get it at a price, as they say. All
1: right. And one other. Do I have? Do I have another minute? Do we? How much you time we got? Two minutes. Okay. So I have. Just want to tell you on the website. You know, my daughter is a holistic nutritionist. And a, a, a vegan, like, you know, she doesn't eat meat.
0: I don't have any uh, idea I still what don't that
1: meat But anyway, uh, she's been starting to do recipes and demos and things at the store. So on her website, I just noticed she's got lemony grilled asparagus, asparagus, Cuban sweet potatoes. That's like a potato. Panzanella Italian <laughs> summer bread salad and crown of calif, crown of cali, crown of cali. I think it's cauliflower. Cauliflower,
0: anyway, yes. It's lovely right, on right. the grill. I've had it.
1: Right, right. So she's got lemony grilled asparagus on there. So anyway, there's a whole Ooh. bunch of holistic nutritionists. Like, so the stuff's actually like good for you. Mm. So, so you know what that means? Like if, it, like if it's not fattening, that means you can eat like 27 times more of it at one meal. Oh, that no. Way, that way you can maintain your, you know.
0: <laughs> you can eat more, mani- eat more to maintain the and healthy stuff.
1: I think, uh, yeah, like a maintenance diet. You got to keep eating. Don't forget that. So That's what right. else we got going on? We have the, the Big Green Egg demo giveaway. We got the PA Midnight Smokers class. We got all this new cool stuff in the store. We have some, like I say, Meadow Creek. I got my, I got my cheat sheet right here in case you're wondering what I'm looking at. And then, of course, no. don't forget Lily, the smoking retriever who's sleeping right under my desk. Let me see if I can get it up here. Lillian. Lily, look. I got a cookie. <laughs> look. Come on. Come on. Come on quick, 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 quick. Quick, quick, quick. We're on TV. Come on. Come on. Look. Cookie, cookie, cookie. Come no. on. No. Lily. Nope. She ain't no. going to do it. Come on. That's because she's half asleep. She's trying, to smell it.
0: She got too much smoke. She's got to take smoking. a rest.
1: come on up here, right here, right here. Come on, get it on my bell. Oh. She's giving me. She's half asleep, sleeping under my ears. Anyway, Lily, the smoking retriever, the only dog that eats lump charcoal. Oh, and likes it. Oh, uh, evidently, because if I drop wow. a piece, she grabs it before I can.
0: <laughs> that's that's profit, dog. You better be watching.
1: <laughs> only I would get a dog that likes to eat lump charcoal. You hey. know what I mean.
0: It's all part so, and parcel. It's all part. That's why you're the master of Tasty
1: Licks. I think so. So Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply is in Shillington, Pennsylvania. We have the website, tastylicksbbq.com. And uh, near Reading, Shillington is near Reading, which is, you know, good city, pretty good city there in Pennsylvania. That's right. And uh, come on over all day Saturday or all day any day. You can stop any day. We're in there. Say hi to them. My, my crew is like the best. Stop, say hi, and uh, load up with some stuff and head back. Fred,
0: I always... Appreciate the time and the visit.
1: Thanks, Greg. All I, right. I got to practice my guitar some more. I'm, I've been playing it 50 years. I'm still working on that one Hendrix lick.
0: <laughs> well, keep at it. You're going to get okay. it. Okay. I see ya. Fred Bernard, Tasty Licks Barbecue. Yeah, that's that, that guy doesn't have it. Can somebody show him where the energy button is? He's got no energy. Oh, right. Who am I missing? Hold on a damn minute, Steve. Two, three, four, five. Oh, shysters. I'm missing a reed. Oh, oh. oh. I know what I can do. I can do the cheat sheet thing. Let's go to my website, see who I'm screwing this week and reads. Uh, wow. No, I think I'm good. I shouldn't be good. I should be reading something here. We Talk to the guru. We did Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply. No, we didn't do Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply. Maybe we did. Yes, we did. Casey Licks Barbecue Supply (laughs) Uh, Known for the amazing wide selection of cookers sauces rubs all things for the backyard cook and serious competition team Uh, They sell the Big Green Eggs the Kamado Joes the Primo's the Mac the Green Mountain Pellet Grills as Fred just said all the Weber Grills and Smokers as well as the Meadow Creek Smokers and Cookers one of the largest barbecue dealers in the country barbecue guru dealers in the country very first to offer professional amateur cooking classes featuring well-known chefs like Harry Sue Todd Johns Dan Hickson, Paul Hesnau, PA Midnight Smokers. Call Fred Bernardo, the smoking guitar player, or quite frankly call him anything you want as long as you buy something. I mean, call him or his friendly staff at 800-677-6882. That's 800-677-2882. Or just go on over to your internet and look him up at tastylicksbbq.com. That's tastylicksbbq.com. And don't forget that the Smoking Guitar Player has over 150 cooking videos on the website. And a couple of them don't even try to sell you nothing, just like you did here on this site. That's Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply in beautiful and tropical downtown Chillington, Pennsylvania, which we've just learned is somewhere near Reading or Reading. Central-ish, maybe? Is that towards uh, Philly? Probably around the Philly area. TastyLicksBBQ.com. That's uh, TastyLicksBBQ.com. We're back to wrap the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back.
2: Get in the smoke, call 877 448 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Big B, new shopping,
1: suburban respect, let's go! I'm an outlaw, One. give me two shots, One. we don't need a radio, bring a jukebox for my outlaws. bring me three shots, One. We can race before the speed stops. I'm a whiskey drinking SOB. Alright. Like like
0: Thanks again me. to Fred Bernardo. The smoking guitar player. TastyLicksBBQ.com or 80-677-2882. people asking me an email if uh, Fred was partaking in adult libations. Uh, yeah, I suppose I can't answer that uh, with 100% surety, but I can tell you that uh, it has been my experience with Fred over the vast many years that he has sponsored the show as uh, he has uh, what we call in the industry uh, charisma or it. Did you hear him just ripping off licks? just like that with his fingers as he said the only thing that moves uh, quicker than his mouth is his fingers I mean that was literally bordering on eruption Eddie Van Halen, if you need it, ladies and gentlemen tastylicksbbq.com 800 com eight hundred six seven seven two eight eight two. and if you are in the market for a cabinet style smoker or vault style smoker I believe is the hot term these days Then uh, that one is one you might want to check out, I guess. Especially if you're looking to have it uh, the the charcoal-driven. Cabinet-style. A lot of insulation, cool to the touch. Check it out. See what happens. All right, let's go ahead and get wrapping up. Uh, All the way back in the first hour, we talked with Meathead Goldwyn, AmazingRibs.com. We talked about thermodynamics of cooking. We also talked a little brisket sandwich from RB's. We also talked a little uh, brisket talk from his end of things. Then we moved to the second hour where we had a great chat with Harry Sue of SlapYokeDaddyBBQ.com. His time as a judge. He's going to be going for master certification, so he's got to do 30 of those. Plus, he's got to cook for a team. Can you get a master's judge and cook as your own team? Is that possible? I wonder about that. And then we just ended it with Fred Bernardo of uh, Fred's Music and BBQ.com. I'm sorry, TastyLicksBBQ.com. And it was Fred's Music and BBQ forever. Uh, And that's 800-677-2882 for him. All right, uh, we will be back next week. If you use raw cast iron, season it each and every time. Hit it with little Pam, little Crisco, as it starts to cool down, and you will have generations of rust resurface. September 11th, 2001, I will never forget. And I know you won't either huge show already planned for next week visit the show sponsors we'll see you back here at tuesday we'll see you back here next tuesday at 9 p.m eastern standard time and until then this is your program host and proud u.s american greg reppi good night now